Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity's reason. M O L M M. What? Feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, it's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto tune that. Put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Six hours later. Y'all done got digitally painted. <laughs> Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that would visit the Ma for the food, but would stay for the entertainment. I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me as always is my reliable yellow raincoat of a co-host, my floating luggage in a sea of abandoned shoes, my trusty lighter in a world of darkness and jump scares, my big brother and co-host, Jason Helms. It's me, Jason Helms. It's you. I'm your co-host. Beautiful. The man that introduced me to horror films. Uh, I, what was the first? Do you remember? Uh... Uh, probably Alien, oh, if that yeah. counts. Yeah. It counts because I was like six. Of course it counts. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's the only one in that series that's a horror film. Oh, okay. There you go. That's true. That's Not true. the only one. They're horrible entries, but that's the only one. <laughs> wow. Yes. We'll get there. It okay. had to be okay. said. Silence, Hold on. Hold on. Silence <laughs> stranger. And of course, no month episode will be complete without our trusty, huggable, chuckable gnome of a co-host, the true <laughs> magical witch lady of our Halloween episodes, Corgan Vaughn. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, I'm know. not sure if I'm insulted or... A little bit of both. You uh, know. That feels that feels right. I was going to say the lady, because that's her name in the game. Yeah, that, but no, that, if that I just said better. the lady of the <laughs> Halloween episodes, because you lead us down like dark roads mm. where you destroy us, it's, but you're also you know, in charge of things. Mm. <laughs> okay. You know, it all, it fits perfectly. It does. Who yeah, you are. It's, it's very accurate. Thank you, Ben, yeah. for that warm You're introduction. Welcome. I feel great about it. And our guest today is none other than Corey's co-host on their horror pod, Jack of All Graves, the host of horror, the master of the macabre, the co-host of Carnage, <gasps> Mr. Mark Lewis. Welcome to the pod. Thank you, folks. And uh, a sincere pleasure and a privilege to join you. Thank you very much. Awesome. I know Jason is fanboying out right now. <laughs> He's probably, probably your biggest fan. Not that I haven't listened to several and love him as well. But. It's reciprocated. Trust me, it's reciprocated. And I'm quite small, but I'm still your biggest true. fan. It's still oh. a bit, yes, yes. Ugh. Is this going to be dad joke hour? It will. We'll yes. get it out now. Yes. We won't. We'll save them. Uh, let's talk about Jack of All Graves. Can we do that before we jump into mm. Little Nightmares? By all means. Mm, yeah. uh, so it's been a couple months. You have famously said you hadn't even talked before you started recording together. Yeah. Not even one time. How did this start? Uh, uh, ask and blame Corey. I mean, uh, never having casted before. Uh, it was like a, like a 2 a.m. Twitter DM. Uh, yeah. You want to start a podcast? I was like, oh, all right, I guess. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Being less facetious about it, I, uh, I bought some Evil Dead memorabilia from eBay uh, and did a little unboxing on YouTube, which Corey saw and uh, thought that I would make a decent podcast co-host. So she reached out and we, uh, I mean, to, you, you said yourself, we're on a two month anniversary and that's probably the longest I've stuck at any one thing <laughs> in my in <laughs> nice. four years. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having an absolute blast and long make. Here's to eight more, you know, <laughs> eight more. I think there we can go. do it. And you've been, yeah, you've been doing it every, every single week, right? Single mm-hmm. week. Yeah, yeah. Indeed, so far. Dedication. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's awesome. I know. Look at you us guys, go. I'm proud of us. No, seriously. But when you first started, I was like, okay, horror movies. They'll do like Scream and <laughs> they'll do like the the mask guy, Jason, right? The and then they'll do guy. like the the nail guy, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they'll be done after like three episodes, that's right? The that's the canon, isn't it? They're I don't know what you're doing after that. But the whole thing. Then I yeah. listened to the Rapture episode and I was like, oh, okay, that's not even like a famous like horror monster. That's just mm. Christianity. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that was terrifying. <laughs> Christianity is the monster. The biggest of yeah. them all, maybe. I mean, exactly. Yeah. It's oh true. We called out straight away that, that we didn't just want to talk movies, did we? That's kind of been done. Oh, yeah. kind of played out. It's horror. I, I, I describe it as horror and horror adjacent nice. conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Because I listen to a lot of, of horror movie podcasts and things mm. like that. Um, and so when I was thinking about it, I was like, I know I want to like talk to Mark about these kinds of things about horror movies and whatnot, have someone to, to talk to about all of this. Um, but I was like, what would be the difference between this and anything else? And so it's like, it's not deep dives. We're not deep diving into anything. We're not okay. reviewing anything. We're really just kind of talking through things that make us tick more than anything else. So it's not one of those like sit down and learn like the deep history of a true crime or anything like that. It's really just, you know, the two of us sitting there and being like, I've been thinking about this thing. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. And it's fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Don't, don't, I mean, for a second, think, don't, you're not going to learn anything. Let's put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true <laughs> it's not true i did not know about holes and heads before this so. so it kind of strikes me as a horror theory podcast which yeah. is weird because it's like yeah. you said you're not gonna learn anything it's silly it's fun it's casual um but what you're doing is you're doing theory work you're you're trying to think through how do these things connect how does horror work what does right. it do why yeah. does it matter why do we like it and why do we like it even when we hate it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it. And also the the conversations, it's fun. I kind of wanted to highlight one of your episodes. So actually a two parter, uh, which is where you you lumped every all all the horror all horror cinema into one of three categories. Uh, so maybe you can walk through those three categories real quick. So because I'll get it wrong, but maybe just correct me. The, the leftmost is something that we could show to a child. Yep, leftmost column is is your is your uh, on ramp to horror. You know what I mean? It's the stuff which it'll it may may make you laugh. You could you could safely watch it with a kid and unnerve that kid a little bit, but that's fun. You know what I mean? Uh, if if you're unnerved by a movie, it's doing its job well. It's something that that you, my my first horror. You know, horror one hundred and one. Um, the middle column, Corey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> called out all of a sudden. I love doing that, Middle exactly. column uh, is the stuff that you would like watch at a party with friends. Mm. Like, you know, it's the the gateway drug, not for kids, but for adults. Like maybe it's a little gory. Maybe there's some jump scares, but it's not going to ruin your day. Right. You're just like, we could get together, have some. What, what do you what do you call them? Some tins? Tins. A bag of tins. Yeah. <laughs> Crack some tins. Pop, pop a couple tins. Sure. Pop a couple yeah. tins yes. and uh, mm-hmm. watch them with your buddies. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the right word column is the it, it's not that you won't sleep tonight it's the you you may not sleep again you're gonna question what sleep is yeah and what you are this is gonna yeah. undo wow. some stuff in who you are the right yeah. column it, 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 i want you to regret what the choice that you've made <laughs> if you're watching a right column movie you've 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 taken a wrong turn somewhere yeah uh, but it's too late to turn back if you're in a right column movie you've just got to fucking hold on tight and so cry cry out you need to engage it like a trip, right? Set and setting. Exactly that. Exactly that. Choose you wisely. Know, you, you need to know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. How do exactly. you categorize things that are kind of like Evil Dead or something that's really campy, but right. still like way over the top gory? But like, I wouldn't regret seeing it because it's like almost so unrealistic, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's still like detached body parts and guts and stuff. Depends. Uh, even that 2013 is is definitely right. Column that film. I, I, I don't know. There's no sense of humor to that film. There's no. Okay. It's got this really kind of flinty core to it. You know, it it, it like the originals. It delights in putting its 
main characters through some shit. You know what yeah. I mean? It, 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 the, the, I guess if you're trying to find humor in it, it's in just how bad a time it's going to give its characters. But yeah. whereas those originals, you know, they, they, like you said, there's camp, there's slapstick, there's fun. That fun is completely absent from 2013. And, and it's just, it's all about how far it can push those characters. I mean, it, it kills one of them and then unkills them just to kill them again. You know, it, it, it's that kind of, that kind of uh, uh, time. That's the right hand column, I guess. It'll kill you, bring you back to life and then kill you again just for the fun of it. Whereas the original, I say straight middle column because, yeah, I mean, it's, if you were at a part, like, the whole point of that is you're going to sit there and you're going to watch it. And when the limbs fly and things like that, you're, you're all kind of like, oh, ah, and then you laugh about it, right? Yeah, Yeah, Ben, I think where you're coming from, you're thinking like, oh, there's a lot of interesting conversations between the middle column and the right column. Mm. Where does it get too dark? Yeah. That's not where, that's not where Corey and Mark went at all. They're like, there's a lot of interesting conversations between how much gore do you show to a child? Uh, mm. Corey yes. firmly in the poltergeist left. Didn't she column. say exorcist or was it poltergeist? <laughs> poltergeist. Yeah, it was, yeah. Not exorcist. I don't know the difference, man. I haven't <laughs> seen them since I was four. Yeah. So I mean, exactly. I mean, Jaws. Jaws is left column. Yeah, Jaws. Yeah, Jaws. yes, yeah, it okay. is. And my sense. nine-year-old has seen Jaws and had the exact reaction that I wanted. Um, Jaws has, I think, the only 100% bulletproof will always work. Doesn't matter how many times you've seen it, scares mm-hmm. in all of cinema. And you know the one I mean. It doesn't matter how mm-hmm. many times you've watched Absolutely. it or with who. That one scare in Jaws, it will always Ugh. get you. It will always get oh, you every so time. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's one of my favorite cinema experiences oh. is any time that I get to watch that with someone and see that scare work, it's magic. Yes. yes great oh i was playing uh, a game that we'll talk about later abzu i may have even talked about it last month but it's a game where you are a scuba diver and it's just this like very relaxing it's not a kid's game but i played it with my six-year-old mm. and i just let her control it you just like swim around you can ride dolphins and whales and there's kind of some light puzzle solving but it's i think it's just like a relaxing game i think that might yeah, even yeah. be like the genre of it and there's just one part where a, a spoiler for abzu i guess uh and it's like a three-hour game but um a shark jumps out and like bites a robot that's chasing you around a little like camera thing. And like definitely is a big jump scare, but also like it's a kid's game. I told her from the very <laughs> beginning, I did research like you can't get hurt in this game. You cannot die in this game. There's no game. Oh, overs. It's my kind of game. Totally. <laughs> but it was the first time ever that my daughter and I had been sitting on the couch together and both got jump scared at the same time. We both yelled <laughs> and then we like looked at each other and giggled because we knew there was, there was no danger, but it like totally got us. Yes. I it love was, that so much. It was much. great. So I'm hoping for more of those. Oh. I'm sure when I introduce her to Jaws, a very similar thing will happen. Mm. Yes. And before we get too much further, I just want to identify that we've already got the title of the episode from Mark earlier, which is The Flinty Core of the Maw. At least that's my proposal. Because <laughs> oh. I loved that. You're welcome, sir. You're most welcome. Terrifying. <laughs> All right. Should we get to Little Nightmares? Do it. We should, we should get to Little Nightmares, All right. So Jason has done more research into kind of the development, and he's done a lot of research. Hours and hours. That's actually what he did this month. I uh, wrote a paper on it, published a couple articles, uh, and I, <laughs> I hope he can bring something. <laughs> I was able to play the game and all the DLC last night, and I even watched like two hours of YouTube videos that were doing deep dives into like the lore, the comics, mm. the upcoming wow. TV show, uh, and there's a, a mobile game called Very Little Nightmares. Like, There's a lot going on that I mm. did not know. I think going into this, I just searched like Halloween games. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. cool. This one looks fun. Did we know more yeah. about it going into it? I think, it? wasn't I the one who Maybe found you did. this? I think I just looked up, like, scary games for Switch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, cool. this very scientific thing. And then me and Jason debated back and forth about how long it would take to play it. 
and no, that that's was right. the that's entirety right. of how we how we picked out this that's game. Right. So there was no, yeah, nothing scientific about yeah. it at all. Actually. But I'm just... I'm very glad we stumbled onto this. Let's let's start yes. with Dev uh, and any history and making of stuff. Then we'll give kind of our first impressions of the game, and then we'll just go full like spoiler full overview of the story, the lore, our experiences with the gameplay, that kind of stuff. Does that sound mm-hmm. good? Yeah, so Little Nightmares was developed by Tarsier Studios, uh, based in Sweden. And Tarsier's interesting. They're a uh, an indie team. Um, they've developed... Uh, let me let me pull up their development list. Tarsier. Tarsier? You think it's French? Tarsier? Tarsier. They started with uh, some DLC for Little Big Planet. Um, they've kind of stuck close to uh, PlayStation for the most oh, part. Oh, so they didn't do Little Big no, Planet? No, they just did DLC. I thought they did. But Got it, okay. All right. I totally get the vibe. Right, it has totally. that similar claymation style. Yes, um, the big head, little body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are evidently famous. Um, I, I did not know of this, but uh, they're evidently famous within game development circles for a game called City of Metronome, which is an adventure game that has never been finished. It was demoed at an E3 and won like all these yes, awards. Okay. It was like best of show. Like people loved it, and then it just never got a, a publisher. What was the other game that we saw that was just like for years and years and years and it finally came out? We played it this year, I thought. Uh, probably Outer Worlds. It was. That's exactly what it was. It was Outer Worlds. It was like, I'm going to make up the year, but like 2013, like you won an award for like best future game. Yep. And it just took a long time to actually build out this giant universe that ended up be, like basically being better than they thought somehow. And every interview I saw with the people from Tarsier. At some point, they said, so are we ever going to see City of Metronome? Nice. I'm sure that didn't get old. And consistently, they were like, no, it's it's my favorite thing we've ever done. It's amazing. I'm so proud of it. It will never see the light of day. What happened there? Just ran out of. Um, they, it just never got a developer or it never got a publisher, rather. And then they started doing other projects. And I think it's just realistically like it's really tough to go back to a game and yeah. start development again. Because yeah, so much of sure. the work is getting in that flow and getting the rhythm and knowing the systems, and it would be like starting from scratch in a big way. Yeah, because I mean, that was years and years ago, so it'd be maybe the same engine, but totally different platforms. Yep. Yeah, yep. I mean, it was 2007. Yeah. Wow. So okay. if it's the same engine, we're talking like an Unreal Two, <laughs> you know, right. or whatever it might have been. I, I'm not sure, but right. Yeah, and so um, they they also did. Uh, I they worked closely with uh, Media Molecule, I think is the name of the little big planet developers. Who also did Tearaway, and they did, um, yeah, Media Molecule, and they did uh, Tearaway Unfolded, which was another kind of DLC thing for for Tearaway. And then Little Nightmares is really their first big kind of breakaway thing, as I understand it. Is it like one person's dream, like like their idea, or is it really just like a big studio? It's thing? a big. Or, well, it's a big indie, not a big studio. Thank you. That's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I, but like a, yeah. one of the interviews called it Triple I instead of instead of Triple A. Um, interesting it's i could see that it's i I like that idea i mean because it's definitely not cheap when you're thinking of indie and how big of a studio this would be it's 70 people yeah okay that's huge we've played games that were made by six people yeah (laughs) Yeah. i mean i gone home was i think four right right yeah i think it was something like that for for a lot of it at least yeah Uh, yeah and triple a games are hundreds of to possibly thousands of people, depending if you're talking about rendering and graphics and that kind of stuff, yep. testing. So 70 people that triple I makes sense. I mean, cause it doesn't, it, it feels indie in the sense that it feels like one person's vision and dream pushed out kind of like outer wilds, right? Where it's just like, I could see how a big studio is like, uh, oh, that's too weird and too different. This, that's what this game feels like in that way. 
but it looks very polished, right? The game didn't break. It wasn't glitchy. Right. It didn't seem like, oh, it's beautiful in like a way that it's a painting and it's kind of like pixelated or not rendered fully. Like it's beautiful in a way that like everything's fully realized and it's almost photorealistic. Yeah. It, it got kind of standard eight out of tens uh, with a couple nine out of tens in terms of ratings. And I, I feel like that's what they were going for. In order to get that 10 out of 10, like you need to have that that crazy person who decided like this is what it needs to be. Right. You need you. that that kind of individual or or collective where it's just like we're going to make something the world has never seen. Yeah. And I don't think they wanted to do that. Yeah. They, they yeah, yeah, yeah. had a little bit smaller goals, but they were very achievable. Yeah. And they have a, a business plan. You know, they knew what they were doing. And they've had success, and they're going to do. Uh, I mean, we've already talked about the DLC, the mobile game. They've also got uh, Little Nightmares Two coming out. Yeah, um, in twenty twenty one. So this seems like the plan. It is interesting how a game that's if they're going for that ten out of ten, which I'm sure in a lot of ways they were right in the sense right. that like you know they're trying to make the best game possible. Right. But if they were trying to like hone in on a smaller niche audience and get that ten out of ten, let's say it's like gorier or scarier or whatever it was, they would have maybe gotten more tens out of tens, but not sold as much. Right. So you have to, and I don't want to even say like they sacrifice something, but in a way I could see how you could have to sacrifice a certain vision or a certain getting the tens out of tens out of certain critics to appeal to a bigger audience. And in a way be a much higher acclaimed game, probably win more right. awards and reach way more people. Right. Yeah. They weren't going to try and, and compete with uh, a GTA and they also weren't going to try yeah. and tell a very personal story like a gone home. Right. Um, which is way too much of a financial risk. Yeah. To do something like that. And I thought they um, balanced the like platforming aspects with the story, with the ambiance really well. Yep. I did run across uh, one interview in which an interviewer said, you know, game received all these rave reviews. Uh, but uh, yeah, some people knocked it for the uh, the platforming. They thought it was a little bit clunky. And, and have you thought about that and how you might improve it for Little, little Nightmares 2? And the response from the developer was like, no, no, we don't read reviews. They're wrong. It's wow. perfect. And it was just like, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, maybe, uh, yeah. There was a similar interview where they said, Which is, uh, "Part of part of me is like respect." Yeah, right? I mean, part of me, I'm conflicted. I, I would give you the respect if it were about story and not about like the controls are a little clunky. actual complaints. Right, right, right. That's right. Fair. Um, it's like maybe we could tighten those up, or we wanted the controls to be clunky because yeah. it was important for storytelling that you didn't feel like you were in control. So like right. we talked about in Never Alone, right? The um, yeah, yeah. What do we talk about? The slow, or what do we talk? How do we describe that? Uh, like going through molasses, the uh, mushy, mushy platformer. The mushy platformer, exactly. Yeah, um, kind of make you feel like you were out of control in that storm, kind of idea. Yeah, yeah, but but they didn't double down on that at all. It was just like, no, no critics are wrong. Uh, there's another Which, similar- dude. As an indie man, I, I get it. If you have funding for your next game, do what you're yeah. gonna do, right? Own yeah. it and, and go for it. Yeah, uh, there was another similar response when the, the interviewer said, um, so uh, the name's Six, right? Uh, does that mean something? Is that significant? And the developer responded, yes. And, and that was the entirety. I was like, okay, cool. So I feel like that dude, interview wasn't going well. Well, yeah, you're right. If there's just yes, period, next paragraph. Everything else, and those are two separate interviews, and everything else seemed like really positive from both of them. <laughs> but it just seemed like... Oh, what's the story there? Because I... Yeah. So I thought of two. I was like... At first, I was going to like make some comment, even in the intro of the podcast, of like, here are a bunch of like female protagonists or female characters with numbers for names. I started thinking right? of them. And I was like, oh, wait, there's six from Blossom. Yep. And there's six from BSG. Yep. So it's just six. Just the number six. Six. Always six. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but interesting. 
All right. Uh, what do you say? Let's uh, go back to gameplay. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Leah, let's talk about our gameplays. And Mark, were you able to play the game, or were you able to just watch the game? I played not a great deal of it. I watched quite a bit of it. I got tr- transfixed by a walkthrough, um, and I played the first kind of 20 minutes or so. It's, Sweet. Uh, it's atmospheric. Yeah. Oh, my. That was the first thing I noticed, was mm-hmm. there's no tutorial, which freaked me out. I thought initially that I'd, like, broken the game already, and I'd missed everything. I was just like, <laughs> well, apparently there's only three buttons, so it wasn't a big deal. But the game is gorgeous. Yeah, and that was so absolutely. cool because I expected it to be this like indie lo-fi. And it's not indie at all, but like this lo-fi, like mm. just like kind of like Limbo. Which that is, was exactly what I was expecting. Limbo is what I yep. came into it expecting. So we've played games. I don't know if we played them as like our month-long games, but as like side quests and stuff on the pod before. We've talked about them before. But um, this game was like them on steroids as far as like sound design, visuals, mm. even the plot, and the world, everything. I was kind of blown away by the whole game. Yeah. Mm. Agreed, 100%. It was scary, but pretty. Uh, and I think that really sucked me into the entire thing. You know, I'm sitting in a dark room. I was like, trying to get the full atmosphere of the whole thing. And it really, man, it just, I felt so immersed Holy. in that game in a great way that I, I really enjoyed. The no tutorial thing is a big part of that, I think. When you mm-hmm. don't spend the first yeah. 20 minutes, half an hour being told to tap X to duck. You know what I mean? You're straight yeah. away there's no you're, you're not in a game you're straight away experiencing it, aren't you you're you're like you said you connect with it straight away when you're when you're not part of what's the word the edifice i guess isn't mm. as visible you just go straight yeah. and it will occasionally give you a tutorial if mm. you take too long yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. that was i thought that was fantastic but i only got it like like once or twice yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, because it was very intuitive yeah i thought that was really great about it i actually wrote that down in my notes and i was like not having the tutorial in the beginning i went into it and i was like what am I doing here? Like, and I just kind of hit the buttons and I was like, okay, these seem to be doing this and I'll just walk and see what happens. Um, and then there were just a few times where like, yeah, it took a while trying to figure something out. And it was like, Hey, you know, hit Y to like run. I was like, Oh, Okay, great. That makes things. The fact so much that you saw that me. means the game must have thought you needed it. <laughs> yeah, it was like you <laughs> suck the same at this. Thing. Uh, yeah, so totally. let's you know let's move you right along here. But I was like, oh, that's <laughs> great. That's all I. That's all I need is a little like you need a little help, buddy. You good? Here you go. Yeah. Give you a little tidbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was great, actually. So do we want to do like a quick mini plot summary with yeah, just like a couple that. kind of gameplay elements? Sure. I like that. Um, I, yeah. I we might spoil a little bit. Um, but the experience of this game is one in which um, it's really the plane of it that does it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Not the overall story arc. But I will say, even talking about gameplay, spoiler-free, there's I love not knowing anything yes, going into this, right. as far as like the creature people type that, that you encounter. Well, like even describing so that, I feel like would take away. So if you totally. if you want to play a good game and be scared a little bit, I'd say pause this, go play this, and come back to this because mm-hmm. this game is is. Pretty great. Three or four hours, like yeah, you're, you're gonna love Unless it. Unless you great. play like me, then it's yeah, yeah. a little longer. Eight to ten. Then Eight you get to, to enjoy it more. <laughs> yes. So uh, you start out um, in a suitcase. Uh, a character is sleeping in a suitcase, and and, and kind of gets out of it. And uh, they are a child in a yellow raincoat. Um, everything is dark. There's small illuminated areas, and one of the first buttons you find that does anything is a little lighter that you can turn oh, on. So cute. And so I, I started using that to just kind of lurk 
and try and find my way around to the next thing and then finally found a lantern I could light, but I couldn't take it with me. But it shone a little light. I'm still trying to figure out, okay, what is this game? What am I playing? Lots of shadows, lots of darkness, um, and lots of areas where I can run between a light area and to the next light area. But in between, I don't know what's going to be there. And then as you go on, you start to encounter more uh, monsters, more... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at monsters. Yeah. And, and a larger plot, right? You're in some yeah. kind of world, some kind of, uh, I'd say, factory structure. And you are the target of this factory. This factory wants to get you, right? All of the monsters in this factory uh, are trying to find you. There's no combat mechanic. You're not going to fight back. It's just mm. run away. And then by the time you get to the end of this three or four hour experience, it's you've, you've figured out some elements of the plot. But even then, I had to go read the lore page afterwards to find out, okay, what else is going on? Same. Uh, this place that you're in is called the Maw, so we're going to refer to the Maw throughout. Um, and that's kind of the, the whole game takes place in the Maw. Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's get into, after you get out of that, uh, th- it gets a little puzzly. There's mm-hmm. there's some puzzle spots. There's a lot of um, stealth areas, yeah. right? A, a monster trying to get you. Let's talk about some of those monsters now, because we're just going to spoil yeah, the Yeah, let's just get into it, now. right? God. They're scary. <laughs> uh, so the yeah the four, we can just go in order because there's only three right uh, and there's well, one per yeah ish. There's the there's there's the sluggy guys first. Yes. I guess they don't really count. I didn't know. Yeah, the sluggy guys. They I think they were maybe not the most terrifying, but the hardest. I thought. <laughs> yeah, especially when you don't know how to sprint yet. What's up? Oh <laughs> yeah, you, if you can't run. <laughs> I was just true. like uh, uh, dodging that, all of that these. That was things. the place that I learned how to sprint. Yeah. Right? Because I kept doing it, and I died twice, and then it said, by the way, this button runs. And I was like, well, that makes sense then. Um, Pick it up. I think I yeah. eventually just started jumping over them, and that worked. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, like, I was leading them in a circle, and so nice. then it was like they would kind of, like, go to the side, and then I would just run around them to get to That's the other That's what the walkthrough end. told me to do. Did it? Wow. Well done. Yeah. I never did any well, of them other me. than just running straight Corey, through the hardcore, Corey's a hardcore gamer. gamer. <laughs> I'm very impressed with myself right now. You can't spell hardcore gamer without core. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Bravo. This is true. true. Yeah, so the slugs Uh, were straight out the gate pretty scary and obnoxious. I died many times. And then the janitor, which the part that, Corey, I think you shared on our Instagram story, (laughs) which is like you're in the nursery orphanage part or whatever, and you're walking under a bed. Yeah. And you just see the silhouette. Of the janitor come in I'm with his giant up. ass arms. <laughs> Straight oh, up. His noises, right his like teeth noises, was mm. one of the scariest horror noises I've ever heard in my yeah. life. It envisioned something out of a tool video. Yeah. Where, yes. they, oh, where they collaborated with David Lynch. Yes. Right? He he um, looks like half of um Freddy. Like he looks like half of Freddy Krueger. He's got like the hat and the arms mm-hmm. and yeah. no bottom half. And oh, gosh. he just like that's he slinks into the room in this yeah. first part. And, and there's like clicking noises. Yeah, and I Eesh. was so startled that I mm. literally just hit home. <laughs> and was like, <laughs> just sat in the menu. Like, Mm-mm, not that. <laughs> mm, okay. Yep. That. Yep. And I was like, okay, you gotta. I was like, just go back into the game. He can't hurt you. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> And just went back in. It was like, okay. And hid under the bed for him. Uh, but God, that was right out the gate. I was so like scared that I was like, okay, now I now I see what I'm getting into. Because to that point, you're just kind of wandering. Aside from those slugs, mm. you're not necessarily yeah. like running into a lot of things. It's like the expectation that somewhere around here you might find something. 
and you see evidence of a lot of stuff in the, right. in the prison, which is like the, you see two hanging legs above yeah, a chair. Yeah. Yeah, which startled and, me as well at first. Uh, totally. It was like in Kentucky Route Zero, you know, when you're going in that like tunnel and all of a sudden I was like, are there people? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like the silhouettes around. That was oh, kind of gosh. that moment where I was like, legs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you get to the kitchen, which I think, I, Jason, I called you in the lair. I was like, how do you get around these long arm yeah. guys? And you're like, you don't even know what sneaking around is yet. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> no. You don't even know. Because uh, yeah. the kitchen is like... Oh my god! It's, it's taught you some skills, yeah. right? For With sure. the long arm guy. T- it taught me to not move at all, basically. And <laughs> then it's just like, what if there's two of them and they're super fast? Yeah. And that they want to turn you into food. Yeah. Great. Mm. Yeah. The thing is, so Little Nightmares is a great name for this game because it absolutely matches up with many of my nightmares. Uh, but one of the things about it is that I have always hated hiding. Um, I find hiding to be intensely scary. I don't like mm. creeping, even if I'm just like creeping in my own house to not wake people up. Like it gives me the hibbity jibbies. I don't like it. Uh, and like when I was a kid playing hide, hide and go seek was like, I just couldn't handle it. It's like, I'd be sitting there and then just the idea of someone finding me and catching wow. me unawares, like scared the living daylights out of me. And so when you get into this kitchen part and you're just like, Hiding and slinking and hiding and slinking. My heart was just like racing. I was just like, I don't want him to find me. I don't want him to find me. And they're yeah. so jarring when like anything in this oh game, when it finds you, including the the janitor. At one point, you're like running through this tunnel-y type thing and there's a grate yeah. underneath you, oh you know, and the hand reaches out from the side and grabs mm. you. I, oh my God, I nearly wet myself. <laughs> so all of this, oh, yeah. all of this slinking and hiding, it like plays into my absolute fears. So the kitchen is where I'm like, they can be on both sides of me. And that's, <laughs> all- yeah, you get the twin cooks that are just massive and horrifying. They're, I don't like yeah. it. They're terrifying pig noise that they make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't like it dislike and the, yeah. the the janitor as well pig i feel like it's like a, a horror shorthand isn't it for something it, it, badly yes. wrong yeah. 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 what is yeah. that why does that do that to us where we just know it, it's got to be something almost human right, right? it almost makes mm. a human noise but it's not yeah it's, yes. it's, it's yes. very uncanny like mm. and, and we know pigs, that pigs can destroy all evidence of bodies that's true and pigs are like the analog for humans when people like do oh, yeah. experiments and stuff like in that. Mythbusters. Yeah. In Mythbusters, yeah. por ejemplo, exactly. <laughs> cuisine. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah, when you're prepping for human cuisine, we always practice on pigs first. Right. That's great. That's, right. That's yep. a good Long one. pig. Yeah. Good Long point. pig. That's yep. right. Long pig. Boom. So. Uh, tattooists, by all accounts, practice a lot on pigs. There you go. Jeez, this is too far. Um, This is too many examples. (laughs) I want to pull something uh, from uh, one of Ben's texts from earlier. Uh, I was talking about... Oh, um, you said Ben's texts, and I was thinking like like a text, like a a book. One of his tomes. Let's let's go to the library (laughs) and and open up uh, the tome of Ben. (laughs) (laughs) We shall read to you now from the texts. Two Ben Thinsians. The texts of Ben. Yep. So one of the things we were talking about is the gnomes, right? Yes. The gnomes are adorable, yeah. oh and I, I loved, I loved hugging the gnome. It's nice right? to I hug loved a it gnome. When I, the first mm. Ben's response when I said that was, I thought he was going to eat the first one or crush him or something bad. Oh, and I was like, I'm not going to say a thing. Oh, no. I'm not going to say any words right now oh. because spoiler alert. I literally screamed, literally yeah. screamed. I was like, Oh, he's offering me a sausage. And then, no. <laughs> 
Like, why so, did you eat the gnome? I know. Okay, for, so there's three times that uh, Six is the main character that she eats. I believe there's three times. Other than, I guess, the yep. fourth time with the lady is your meal. But the first three mm-hmm. times is the bread that the kid in the cafeteria gives you. Uh, the second one is the rat, right, that's, I think, stuck in yeah. the trap. Yep. Uh, no, there's a third one where there's just a piece of meat in a cage. So anyway, yes. all of those times you when caught. you eat, yeah. there is a shadow six somewhere on the screen. What? I didn't see any of them when I played. Wow. I had to find this when I did my I research. only saw the, the one with the gnome. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's like up in the window, mm-hmm. like looking at you. So there's a lot of theories as to what that is, if that's like your dark side taking over or, or if that's another character that you ate at one point that's kind of chasing you. And But yeah, so the DLC happens parallel, you find out, with the main story. Did you read up on this, Jay? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Like, so when I started the game, it was like, do you want to play as six or as the kid or something like that? Is that... Oh, you got that, that version. Nice. Yeah, it came so, like that on the Switch. So is that that's the DLC otherwise. That includes the yeah, DLC. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Got it. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So there's also a bunch of different like masks and heads you can wear too. So I didn't know if it was just like that you were doing. You can wear like a fox mask and you can wear the geisha mask. And anyway, so uh, once you're playing as, I can't remember his name, but the boy, um, you see evidence of six and you also see, you do things that in the main game, you see evidence that you have done, if that makes sense. So yeah. they're happening at the same time. You're running all over the prison, the lair and the kitchen together, and you end up in the the, um, the ladies quarters again, just like you do in, in the main game. Uh, and in this one, again, spoilers abound, you <laughs> lose to the lady. She turns you into a gnome and you get to wander around as a gnome for a little bit. And it's adorable. You just like wander I'm around sure. the gnome. You wander and then does like, around like you? the guest area. And then you find a sausage in the middle of a room <gasps> and you're like, oh, cool, a sausage. And that's how the game ends. No. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great because you're like, oh, I'll give this nice little girl that I I used to be human. I'll give her a sausage. Yeah, but, it's pretty. But awesome. in the girls' gameplay, because I don't think we said this part clearly, we've all reacted to yeah. it. Yeah. When the gnome hands you a sausage, you eat the gnome. Yes, thank you. And that's yeah, terrible. we gotta clarify that. Horrifying, and yeah. and now that's just another layer of horrifying to it, which I love. Don't get me wrong, I love a yeah, grim same. ending. I have another layer. <laughs> There's another, I don't know if it's just a mobile game or a Switch game, but another um, not quite as fully developed game. It's got, um, anyway, there's another game called Very Little Nightmares that came out after all this, oh. after the DLC, uh, where you play a little girl in a yellow raincoat. You go through, and this is, again, spoilers for that game now. You go through the whole <laughs> game, and you are in a house that's called The Nest. It's on the mainland, uh, and the Ma is off the coast of the mainland. Uh, and you go through, and I won't even get to the story of that, but basically there's another little girl in the house that's like parallel with you chasing, like you end up like locking her out of a a shed when you're running from a bad guy and like you think she gets eaten and she ends up saving you at the very end. And instead of getting saved, you end up falling into the ocean and you die. That's how that game ends. And the Mm -hmm. epilogue to that game is that little girl finding your yellow coat, getting on a raft, and going towards the mock. It's lovely. What? So you weren't playing as six the whole time. The girl who was, like, helping you and that you were screwing over ends up being six. So it's got these two parallel paths in the DLC and in Very Little Nightmare. So, huh. It's, like, a intricate. whole built out. A totally intricate. I love that. Yes, yeah, same. That's what impresses the hell out of me about yeah. this. For, for, for what's a three-hour, you know, quote-unquote indie game, the amount of thought the amount of creativity that's gone into it with the like you said layers upon layers uh it, it's i guess it's had more more time and thought expended on it than it could have done it could have been very simple something very superficial and something straightforward totally but you know layer and layer and layer really cool 
Totally. And they have comics and there's a movie in development by the Russo brothers, like oh. our wow. show, a TV show. I mean, uh, with, wow. um, it's going to be, and again, this is, hasn't started or anything. And who knows, who knows what COVID did to it, but yeah. Henry Selleck who did, uh, Coraline and Nightmare Before Christmas and all these movies, he's set to direct it. Like there's like a whole world and like all these different mediums that I'm excited to see more of this in because that, I think that's my biggest issue with horror movies is when there's, not no story because that doesn't happen very much, but even like, what's a horror movie? Like Open Water, a horror oh, movie that okay. I like walked out of, right? <laughs> yeah, we or literally like, left that movie. Really? We, right. That, just, that was, there's no story. Yeah, that it's was just not good. horror. Was so bad. And we have stuff like this that's, yes, horror, but like when you're attached to the characters and you know the lore behind everything and all the different random storylines going in, it's just 10 times scarier when you're that invested. Yeah. So excited to see where all that goes. Agreed. Mm. J- Jason, any more on the lore page? No, not on the lore stuff. Uh, I just want to continue with the gameplay stuff yeah. because um, there's kind of this this ramping up of intensity with the uh, the stealthiness. Yeah, and so that you know you're just learning some of it in that the first one, the lair, and then it, it it goes up in the prison or vice versa. I mean, it starts with the prison, then it goes to the lair, and and then it's like ramping up stealth and teaching these things. And then it, the kitchen, it's like you're firing on all yeah. cylinders. It's like where can it take it from here? Mm. And where it takes it is drop stealth completely. The guest <laughs> area. And make it a game where you're running yeah, constantly dude. Oh. from enemies. I found that so fulfilling. I thought that was such a good way to go. Um, I did not like the first level, the prison. Uh, it was fine. Yeah. It just felt kind of like, it, I felt kind of bored. Mm. Oh, and the game brought me in just more and more and more with the mechanics. Yeah. Uh, so that I was kind of disappointed when I ended the guest area and went to uh, the lady. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, that was so good. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of want more of this, and I know you mm. can't because it's the length of the other sections right. in terms of physical space that you created. But it took a, a third of the time. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I, I couldn't get, have done that longer. It was very stressful. The whole guest area with, <laughs> is that what you're talking about with yeah. all the people eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Dude, ooh, when you're running around, that's terrifying. The the crawling also. I feel like that's it's a so very bad. good nightmare yes. element of this. Is like it's never not scary for people to crawl. Uh, and you don't crawl when things are going well. Do you? you don't crawl. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Exactly. We don't have to dissect that. Like the whole pig thing. It's very clear why crawling is a problem. Crawling is bad. <laughs> crawling is bad. And like yeah. when the first one of the the eating people kind of like falls out of their chair to come oh, at you and God. starts crawling. And then I thought I was like I started running and I paused, and then. I realized it could still kind of reach me yeah. <laughs> over the like the ledge of the yeah. door or whatever, and I was like, "No!" <laughs> yeah. The first time that one of them re- somebody reaches through a door and gets yeah, it. yeah, that's such a great jump scare where you're like, "I'm safe." Nope. Yeah, oh exactly. Also, I just want to point out it was from the whatever the one before that was, but the eyeball thing, you know, yeah. that like watches yeah. you so much harder than it seems like it's going to be. Where there's the this eyeball with like a sp- searchlight thing um Mm -hmm. and you're trying to it happens twice um and the first time was okay got through fairly fine but the second time when there's the rolling there's like a rolling cart cart, whatever yeah yeah, and it kind of follows it i died so (laughs) so many times because it and it just kind of like if you get caught in the beam you sort of like i don't know what is happening to you you just like it, it 
it's like Medusa style, right? You turn to stone, yeah. Okay. And it, it does a great double tick. Yeah. Where, uh, yeah. so you this eye is looking out, and you see the path yeah. oh, of the yeah. eye, and you've got to hide in the shadows behind this cart, and the cart rolls because of the swaying of the ship, and then it sways to the other side of the room, and you're able to dart, you know, from there to the door. But what the eye does at that moment is it, it finishes its sweep, starts to go back towards the middle, and then the cart moves. Yep. <laughs> because the ship is rolling back and I darts back to right where you would be yeah. if you just tried to dart from there. And it's like such smart game design yeah. because the eye has a reason to do it and it totally is screwing you over. Yeah. And it's like, I know exactly why you died so many times yeah. there because I, I saw it happening. Like I, w- I was there too. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I tried to be clever Ugh. and like hide behind mm. the rolling trash can thing. Like, you know, and then like I just stepped like a little too far as it didn't move with me and it, you know, turned me to stone. And, uh, but I was watching a walkthrough afterwards and I saw someone else who just kept dying right there. And I was like, Oh, thank God. I thought this was just me being bad at games again. We all die. This is, I don't know what my gaming strong suit is, but I think we can add to the list of things. It's not precision. Oh, uh, and this game at many times requires a bit of precision that I do not have. Uh, and that was one of those things where I was always just like a little, a little off. So I'd fall off of something or get nudged by something. And, die as a result of it and that was frustrating it feels yeah. like the fact that it's quite unforgiving and that it doesn't hold your hand in the early stages yeah. is quite quite throwback i guess mm. that yeah uh, i don't know do games handhold too much i don't know good question depends on the game yeah good mm. question. um i mean if, if you look <laughs> yeah. at like there's some really popular ones like uh, dark souls and demon souls is going to be like a, a release game for the ps5 mm. that very deliberately do not hold your hand mm-hmm. right or if they're holding your hand it's to kill you uh, <laughs> and, and make it look it worse. It like like yeah. if you see a big sign there that says like here is safety come over here it's like that is a thing that's <laughs> oh, going to kill like me like the I'm stanley parable <laughs> except the opposite yeah. except it told oh, you exactly man. what was going to happen and i did it oh, anyway gosh. but but it's yeah. definitely a tension right yeah. it, it, not to give too much instruction not to give too little mm-hmm. where do you find mm-hmm. that sweet spot yeah I, I did want to say, Corey, you said I don't know what my gaming skill is. I think it's uh, Pinball Metroidvania. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously. Uh, which is a very, Besides it's a small the genre. obvious. <laughs> uh, small genre made up of Yoku's Island Adventure. And, and I think nothing Express. else. But, like, yeah. that is... <laughs> I've, I've never seen anybody destroy that game like you. I know. It's, Just uh, take it apart. Pretty good at it. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The ladies' quarters. Anything about the last level where you're shining the mirror at her? And well, Before we, oh. we finish up, I just wanted to mention... Um, did anybody else get any spirited away vibes from Ooh, uh, the, the guest area and then that, the, the ladies' quarters? That seems so obvious now that you say it, it but I mm. honestly right. didn't even think about it. I was wondering with some of the, the Asian yeah. architecture and the mask in particular, particular, if they weren't trying to call that out yeah. and say, like, yes, we are referencing this. Right. Yeah, totally. And, and just a, a child working in a, a factory that's exploiting children. Right. Right. Which is the, the plot of Spirited Away. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're you're probably onto something. There's got to be some influence there. Any anything else on the last level there? I mean, again, it was shorter than the other ones, but yeah. I think just as hard or harder than all the other ones. I was doing a walkthrough and I still took me many tries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was again, that was a skill issue on top of yeah. for most of this stuff, I think what I really liked throughout the game is that the puzzles were actually pretty intuitive fairly easy to figure out so there was not not like a lot of times where i found myself going how am i supposed to get out of this right or like you know it was like "Ah, if i kind of go straight or like go up or down or things like that i'm gonna figure it out and i have to say that once it was like you know you're picking up an object and trying to you know out smart or whatever it was a mix of like it took me a bit to figure out what exactly i was supposed to do and then to be that precision to be able to actually like you know use it 
the way that it was meant to be used in order to defeat her. Yeah. I just kept dying. It is kind of the opposite of like Monkey Island or like the classic Men of Low Moral Fiber game where you have all the things in your inventory. You just don't really know what you have to do to get the thing done. And this was like, oh, you know, you need to like get the meat, put it through the thing, grind the meat and swing on it. But like, where's the meat? Like, and you have to like search around and find it. And like, eventually it makes sense. Yeah. But both work. Yeah. I mean, well, that's I, I exactly wasn't frustrated yeah. by either one. You're kind of starting with like, I can see what I need to do. My, my yeah. like, I know what I'm trying to accomplish here. Right. Um, whether or not I was able to at various points, that's a whole other thing. But I kind of liked that sense of like, that's not the area of my brain that's working here is not the like trying to put together something that's incredibly difficult. And how would I ever think of mm-hmm. that? It was more just how do I get the thing that I need in order to accomplish it, which I right. think works better for me. Not that I don't love our monkey islands and all that kind of stuff, but right. this worked better for me. Nice. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, I do have one more thing on the DLC gameplay stuff, which is on the second level or whatever DLC. It's called the hideaway uh, where it's very gnome centric. <laughs> and part of it, which is what I wanted, I'm sure we all wanted to do during the main game is you can use, sorry, the gnomes help you in the puzzles throughout the entire episode or whatever. Like, you realize that you need to push a door open and you can kind of push it a little bit and you go find a gnome in the room and he helps you push the whole thing open. There's a switch you need to pull and the way to the boy like pulls the switch down and the door opens. And so you have to find some gnomes and literally throw them up to the switch and it takes three of them to pull the switch down nice. to open the door. Nice, I nice. find that really charming. Like, it's totally. Yeah. Every time you throw something in that game, I just start giggling. Like, I don't know why this <laughs> yeah. is so funny to me, but I'm like, I'm picking up a toy and throwing it at a switch. Like, this, totally. is, this is delightful. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. Unless the cook's chasing you, then you're just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. that. But yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any more DLC things. Any more? Well, I guess we could get to our, our questions, right? We had yeah. questions about the gameplay. Uh, and the first one is just favorite jump scare. Yeah, it's the hand through the through the hallway curtain yeah. thing. That one, I mean, yeah, that got me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had a similar one because it was the janitor, but it was in one of the DLCs. You're in a completely pitch black room. And instead of a lighter, you have a, a flashlight, which seems better. Cause it can go further, but all you're getting is a spot yeah. wherever you shine mm-hmm. and you're like walking through and you can walk through a couple rooms that are totally dark and you're literally just like walking through and there's just kind of like ambient things in the background. And all of a sudden you see a hand mm. and you mm. like, you have your flashlight on, but you like turn your flashlight a little bit and it's just the janitor in the middle of the room, like reaching all around you. <laughs> oh, oh my uh, gosh. He's so scary. That was definitely a jump scare for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh boy. Mine was the moment that I, I got away in the kitchen, mm-hmm. right, from the, the, the chefs. Yeah. And, and I jumped through one of those little holes from one room into another. Yeah. And I, like, stopped for a moment. And I let out an audible, ha! Like, I got you. <laughs> and the, the chef just reaches through and grabs yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's like, I didn't move far enough away from the hole. Yeah. And it, so I don't even know if it was meant as a jump scare, but it was certainly meant to, like, no, you have to keep going. Right, you right. can't just stand there. <laughs> it was brilliant that they'd even thought of that, that that was an area that could be, yeah, you could be grabbed. Yeah, people were yeah. going to do that, you know, breathe oh, that, man. you know, that, like, breath, like, oh, thank goodness. It's like the Mr. Arnold moment in Jurassic Park, oh, you know. <laughs> like, oh, oh Mr. Arnold. Ah! <laughs> oh, yeah. Just oh. uh, what Jason said about um, his, uh, like, letting out the ha in this game, more than probably anything that we've played, I was like responding vocally 
to everything. Mm. Like whether it was like a ha or a like, I constantly was going no fuck. That was my repeated uh, over and over again. Ah no fuck. And my mom was like doing laundry, and I just kept going no fuck. She was like, what is happening? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, Mark, did you have a a scare? I uh, I didn't play enough of it to to to, to kind be, of yeah jumped um, at list of food. I mean. What I did think about, I mean, have you ever noticed how many of the biggest jump scares in all of games are to do with bears? <laughs> bears? Bears. Yeah, bears. Tell me more. The other day you listed how many doctors there are in, in fiction called... Dr. Reed. Dr. Reed. Yeah. 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 I've become more and more aware that the most of the biggest jumps... I, I tried to list some of my favorite jump scares in games, right? After Corey kind of listed some of the questions that you were going to talk about yeah. today. And going all the way back to... Do you remember Condemned on the Xbox? No. Uh-uh. Uh, a first-person kind of explorey kind of horror game, right? Uh, the sequel, Condemned 2, has one of the best bear scares ever, right? You're creeping about this old place, and it's dark as hell, and you're in a, like a com- uh, confined, uh, creaky kind of wooden uh, kind of cabin. And out of nowhere, it's like a gigantic bear. And nowhere in that game has it even mentioned that there might be bears, right? And you're about a third of the way into the game at this point, and this huge-ass bear is just barreling towards you, and you have to leg it. Um... And all, there's so many other bear scares. Red Dead does it. Assassin's oh, Creed yeah. does it. Far Cry does it. There are so many bear scares. I guarantee you there are more bear scares than you think you remember. Bears, just like pigs are shorthand for weird times in games. Uh, <laughs> bears are gaming shorthand for for scares. A, a lot of bear scares out there. Also, what's that? Yeah. Is Annihilation, the movie? I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Best yes, bear indeed. scare ever. Oh my god, that's the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. But anyways, bears, who knew? Yeah, writers rooms everywhere. Think, ah shit, what, what can we what can we throw in here? Yeah. The bear thing stands out to me because I think it's just one of the few things in our world that can kill us. Yes. In like the natural world. <laughs> right, that we might run into. That we interact with. Yeah, like exactly. I saw a bear in yeah. my neighborhood last week. Like it's just kind of a thing that lives around humans that <laughs> just can kill us sometimes. It's a valid yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, I guess like um, knives and cliffs and car. I mean, they. Yeah, that's why it's just kind of a scary thing that we live with. Yeah, Ben and I have good fun bear stories from backpacking together uh, that we, we will have to tell you at some point. They're terrifying. They're ones. fun, but usually they run away. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you can tell me is a good sign. The fact that you're here to tell me is a, is a, is a good sign. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, creepiest thing, which I didn't want to clarify, it could be like an image or just like the idea that like this scene happened or whatever. And I did the kind of both, which was the kids in cages idea, which happens a few times. But there's the one, I think it's the beginning of the lair episode or whatever, right? You're in a cage and all of a sudden you just see, I don't think you've seen the janitor. You just see giant arms come out and grab the cage next to you and just like pull it off screen. Yeah. Which you find out later, that's actually the kid from the DLC. Hmm. It all comes back around. Yeah. Uh, so he gets out. He escapes. As just as a side note, do you know like was this like was this all made at the same time? Was this like or released separately? Like it feels like it was, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like, fully formed. Yeah, there's like a big grand plan, a big grand scheme mm. of all of this. So I'm curious as to 
you know, how this was actually developed. Uh, April 2017 was the main game, and then July and November, and then February the following year. So they're all released okay. in Okay, so year. yeah, they were very close together. Yeah. Definitely all meant to be intertwined like that. Yeah. Yeah, and mostly working with the same assets yeah. um, other than the mobile games. Um, yeah. And so that, that makes it a lot easier to, to churn that right. out. But The very fact that it starts with a kid in a suitcase is, is I mean, you know right away that... Well, again, like you don't crawl when things are going well. Kids don't end up in right. suitcases for good <laughs> right. reasons, do no. they? Yes. No, not generally. So even without even without spelling it out, you know that something has gone badly wrong for a kid to end up in a suitcase in a in a, in a dark, lighter right. lit place with other kids in cages. Yeah, <laughs> That's a valid point. Yep. Um, yep. What were we talking about? Oh, scariest, scariest thing. or creepiest thing? Creepiest, creepiest thing. What do you got, um, well, first of all, of course, I had written down the, the thing about hiding, but I, you know, said that earlier. But yeah. um, also the um, there's just like this point at which when you're trying to figure out like what to do um, in the kitchen, that one of those creepy twins is uh, standing there and he's like kind of like fondling the like the meat. meat. And and, and, and like making his little pig noises, yeah, and um, don't like that. Yeah, and then like he starts just like kind of hacking at it, and I was just like, no, I could, I could do without that. So <laughs> had about enough of that. Sir. Yeah, no, thank you. You fondle your meat elsewhere, please. That's not what you do with meat. So. <laughs> In my opinion, you can tenderize it. I mean, I guess. But yeah, that was that was one of the like. There's so many (laughs) creepy moments in that, but I felt like that stood out to me in a game full of creepy moments. Like weird. That's not what you do with meat. (laughs) That's not what you do. I mean, we've got a. I think we might have a better title. Oh, that's good. That's good. Or or meat meat lessons from a vegetarian, right? Like, I mean, I'm no expert, but I don't think that's what you do with meat. Go on a limb here and say that's not what you do with meat. <laughs> <laughs> How about I'd prefer that's not what you did with meat. I prefer. Yes, I prefer. It. There's a better way to. It's um, less judgment. <laughs> yeah. Way to my my creepiest thing. Um, th- there were so many creepy things in here, so I tried to just identify a moment that that stood out as being different from the rest of the game, and it was the transition between part three and part four, when you get outside of the ship mm. and you get onto the chain, and for a moment, I wanted to climb down and get to the water and like swim away or something. I did, and do, yeah. I assume you can't. Wait, you did? Yeah, you died yeah. very quickly. I kind of, I kind of saw that there was nothing there. I was like, I don't think that's the way they want me to I go. I jumped into the water. I was like, I'm free, and then <laughs> it started me back. No. So, so then you climb up, and the camera just pans out, yeah. and you, you, you keep seeing more and more people going onto this ship. Yeah, these huge, monstrous people. And then you you keep climbing and climbing, and it feels like a lot longer because it's now pulled out so far that like movement mm-hmm. is just minuscule. And then it, then it pulls in again or pushes in and, and sees you you know climb through a hole and into the rest of the ship. And it was kind of that moment that that created this larger world for me that was creepy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, yep, my yep, my yep. horror had been so small, and yeah. Yeah. that's the transitional moment where it moves from stealth to to action, and it's realizing. And the, the protagonist realizing sneaking's not going to do it, right? I, this is too big. Uh, and so it was just this ramping up that happened. But without any, without any explicit, I guess what you're describing is environmental storytelling. Yeah. You know, 
the the world being built around you just by virtue of what you're seeing and what you're taking part in without having to text without cutaways without kind of you know playing a recording of the last survivors of the ship or whatever <laughs> right. really subtle way of world building without relying on you know reading yeah. law i guess and it lines up everything you've seen before right that story was being hmm. told already you just didn't understand it it gives you a crucial piece that makes you think oh what i thought was a very small horror is a very large mechanical mm. industrial horror that I am I don't yep. matter to and that was the existential <laughs> moment it was very Lovecraftian it was yeah. very like I don't matter here at all mm, that's nice. mm-hmm. and we learn later I learned later I don't know if this is from the comics or what but that the the ma shows up in this weird like dystopian future uh, once a year in a different location every year and people just like hoard to it to enjoy huh. the, I don't know. If, and remember when you're getting chased by like, like the huge chase at the end, there's like people opening up those doors, the sliding right. doors. Like there's yeah. more than eating going on yeah. at this place. Yes. I think there's just like all sort of like pleasures and horrible yeah. things happening there. Right. Meat is being fondled. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and so a smart. Gross. <laughs> and, and, and that's another uh, possible reference to spirited away, which a lot of people read as being about um, mm. child prostitution. Um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And better words, Corey, can you help me? It's not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we just throw it to Corey. When I, I don't want to call it sex work. That's not accurate either. Like I, ju- I just I know, bad guys. Stop calling on me. Bad. You know, um, <laughs> well, take it away. Chi- for. Bad. Exploitation. Sex trafficking. Exploitation. Exploitation. Bad. Yeah. Bad. bad. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good. That's me, say, me say bad hot more. takes on Mulf. <laughs> that bad. We don't want to get controversial yeah. here, but yeah, child trafficking that. and exploitation against yep. it. Yep, there we go. Vote against that. Yep. And then lingering story questions. We covered a lot of lore stuff and big idea stuff. Mine at the end of the game before I did a bunch of research was so the kids are being turned into meat, right? Which I think was clear by the time I did a bunch of research. Like, yeah. And maybe the the people also that are coming to the maw also are being turned to meat. For the next year's mm-hmm. ma party, mm-hmm. I guess I buy that. Oh, okay, because some yeah. of the meat, was, the, uh, yeah. the cuts were too big to be. I'll buy that. Some for of the big, yeah, it was too big. Oh, yeah, I mean, not, not all the kids have to be small, I guess. But yeah, but they were they were gigantic, right? They were they were the size of her head. They were you know big cuts of meat. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's. I know. Other questions or other story ideas? I found out on the lore page that supposedly the lady is Six's mm. mother, mm. and I would I would like more information about that. Right. Yeah, I it had wondered that. about that a little bit. That um, I think that's just a theory. Because yes, not, okay, but I, sure. I wonder where yeah. it comes from. Other than we have a finite number of characters. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. When you kind of when you come across her at the end and she's like humming that little Enya esque tune that she's doing, um, my first inclination was to think, have I like reached? Like, have I reached mom? Like, is this the end of it? And now this is good. And she's going to like turn around and we're going to be like, hey, where have you been, girl? You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, we're going to have a nice little reunion. <laughs> and then, no, no, she kills you. Um, and so, yeah, I'm curious about that, too, because that definitely was my sort of first thought it, was that I it could have been the most like disturbing Eloise ever. Where it's just like the kid like having the run of this horrific place that her mother runs. Exactly. Which is kind of, I mean, uh, we didn't even talk about what happens at the end. After you kill the lady, you absorb her powers, basically. The weird yeah. smoke monster powers from Lost. Mm-hmm. And you like walk through the restaurant area and you just start like telekinetically or telepathically murdering all the guests. And then yeah. you walk up to the top of the lighthouse, which is the lighthouse is at the top of the mall. 
it's a pretty cool like badass walk that you know just like walking down this row of people who are all going to reach for you and then like <laughs> falling apart and whatnot like ma i dug that ma uh mom ma ma the ma yeah it's a reach <laughs> and at the end so apparently <laughs> All the gnomes that you rescued or hugged along the way, like, up here at the end there as you're walking up the stairs. I only had two up oh, here. That- but I saw a cutscene ah. where it was like, 20 gnomes come out and they all, like, cheer you on and you're their new god or whatever. But my, I didn't have... I, yeah. I saw two Ooh. that I didn't eat, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the ones you kill should be just, like, giving you the birds. Like, ah. <laughs> exactly. Get out of here! <laughs> it's like the... Um, Undertale all over again, just oh, like murdering yeah. everything, and then you're like, "Oh no!" Oh, Dude, a okay. lot of similarities with, with this bad and the artwork <laughs> from um, Broken Age. What's his name? Bagel. Yeah, yeah, Bagel. Bagel. Yeah. Stapley. <laughs> uh, a yes. lot of the, yeah, with the mod, and not necessarily even like the specific renderings at all, because it's very yeah. different games, and that was very cartoonish, and this was like almost photorealistic at times. But just the, yeah. in the design of the ships and the characters, very broken age. There was a point at which I very distinctly remember thinking that something in this reminded me a little bit of broken age. Like there was just like this like little bit of it that I was like, oh, something kind of reminds me of like the cloud, mm. cloud city kind of thing. But mm. again, it's very not. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, cloud yeah. city is very nice, light and airy and right. all that stuff. But there's something about the design that absolutely evokes something similar. That line between cute and creepy is thin. Yeah, um, it's true, and, and mm, yeah, that, that really cements it that you could confuse those two art styles, and I totally get it. Right. Like now that you're calling, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it really is an excellent fit for Henry Selick if it does make the jump yeah. to the small screen. A perfect, perfect fit. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yes, absolutely, I agree. I like how I was explaining who Henry Selick was to you two earlier. Well, there's a podcast audience, Ben. I didn't know who he was, so I was like, oh, no one does. Cool. <laughs> Have you guys heard of Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas? It was just like. <laughs> Clay cartoon thing <laughs> came out when I was a kid. I don't know. Did you guys see that um, thing that I retweeted earlier of the woman who did the makeup of the other mother from Coraline? Oh, terrific. So good. You gotta you go on our Jack of All okay. Graves Twitter. To the point where I suspect photoshoppery. It's that oh, good. So cynical. <laughs> you clearly don't watch insane. girls do makeup on YouTube because they no, can do insane no. magic you, you with right. it. <laughs> um, and she... So that's on your Instagram, which is Jack of All Graves? <laughs> what do you do to graves don't do that don't go to jack of all graves on instagram although i haven't checked in on uh, yes. i'm gonna go ahead and assume it's a guy i haven't checked in on him in a while i think that's a safe bet but uh yeah we should we should see what he's up to see if see if everything's good over there um with his what is what was the pleasures that oh, oh my goodness don't make me look again but it, i'm gonna have <laughs> this the quote from the guy do you know it has occurred to me more than once that we should reach out and see if he wants to come on, yes. the, on the pod. That would be amazing. <laughs> I need a lot more information yeah. about this person. Before. <laughs> yeah, that might be one of the lost episodes. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe for our one-year anniversary. Mm. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, God of the sensual and grotesque night okay. pleasures. Oh, that sounds perfect oh. for your pod. <laughs> we did say we are Jack of all graves. I, so, I think that, uh, by the way, I think I think it has to be sure pronounced pleasures or something. I mean, you really have to like, enjoy each of those syllables in some way. That mm, gross. Mm, 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 mm. I couldn't hate it more. <laughs> this game's pretty fun. With frustration, when I was all done, I just had to question: What's the beer? What's the song? I can't always tell.
Start off with the drink. Uh, I can do it because mine's not all that creative. Um, yeah. I, I went with a Bloody Mary, uh, but let let me kind of get you there because I think it's the obviousness okay. of the horror drink. Take us there, Skitch. I will too. Um, I started with salt uh, and and just thinking of C, and I was like, what cocktails are made with? Could they make a cocktail with salt water? Like, is is there something just really salty? Because that ocean saltiness, and that got me to Bloody Mary as like the first that savory cocktail. Uh, and the second it entered my head, I couldn't you know go to something else because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, and then there's the being a kid and saying Bloody Mary in the mirror, and you know doing all that, mm. and it evokes all those other things and all the blood. So there you go. That's the journey. It, it wasn't a very long one. <laughs> it was good, but it was it was a pleasant one. <laughs> Uh, I went with Deschutes Abyss, which, which is one of my all-time favorite beers. And I looked. I could have sworn that we picked it before. Nick picked it like mm. four years ago. For Do you keep track of this? Yeah, on our website we do. Yeah, our website, Corey. It's your oh. website, too. Yes, on our website. <laughs> um, menoflowmoralfiber.com. <laughs> that I have certainly been to. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's a good place. <laughs> uh, Nick picked it for Rebel Assault 1 and 2. I think because that game was so hard, it was like sinking into a dark abyss. This for me is a little more literal of just like this game when you start out in an abyss and you're crawling your way out and the beer is delicious. So pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Mark, what do you got? Do you have a drink? Uh, so, the, okay. So there's a cocktail bar over here the, in, in Oxford nearby called Alchemist. Okay. Where they will take a long time making you a drink that takes you moments sure. to consume. Sure, right. Yeah. We're talking theatrics, dry ice, elaborate kind of glassware. Uh, showmanship, um, a lot goes in to a short experience. Mm. So that's what it is for me. It's a, it's a theatrical, smoky, well-produced cocktail. Ooh. Nice. I like that. Mine is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> Mine is literally a shot of well whiskey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> because it's exactly what I felt like I needed every time one of those mm. monsters would come at me. I yeah. would just be like, I need a drink. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. Just give me the well. That's what I want. That's good. So that's my drink this week. Uh, song. My song. Uh, as you know, often I like to pick a song simply because my I just couldn't stop singing it while I was playing yeah. something. Uh, and there were several of them this time that that kept uh, coming up. One of which was "You Learn" by Alanis Morissette. Except that I just kept replacing "You Learn" with "You Die" every time because I kept falling <laughs> off of everything. <laughs> You die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, cool. It's doing that a lot. Um, yeah, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that as my song. Cool. I like that. Okay, I'm gonna go with a song that I loved in. I mean, I still love it, but I, I learned of this song and and sang it every day in probably seventh grade, eighth grade, and it's the Nephilim by AFI, uh, and mm. it is. I don't even, the lyrics are like this, basically, if you were six, or just describing this game. It's swing, swing through sadness, tears of joy, curse the sunlight, arsenic for the girls and boys, drink the madness, smoke so coy, smile injection, serum of will destroyed. Like, it's just like a dark, 
song. I think there's one. Seriously. <laughs> uh, there's one that kind of stuck out to me, and it's uh, Like an Angel with Two Broken Wings. Reach to the sky again like a devil meant for better things. I will find my place on high. Like an angel with broken wings. The game, like, I was like, oh, this game is about dark stuff, or this song's about dark stuff, I'll go do it. Mm. And it was just my first choice, read through the lyrics, and I was like, oh, this just fits perfectly. So that worked out nicely, <laughs> but great song. Excellent. Catchy as hell. Nice. Jay, what do you got? I chose The Good That Won't Come Out uh, by Rilo Kali. I did check, and I, I have not chosen this before. I was very nice. worried. In fact, we've only nice. chosen one Rilo Kali before. Where'd you check? Uh, the website and oh, uh, our website, uh, Corey's website, Ben's website, my oh, website. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the spreadsheet. I realized that I'd only checked the spreadsheet, which only went up to like 2016. I know. And so, okay. right, yeah, no, the, oh, good. I wasn't on this show. Yeah, yet, so no, I feel update. okay about not knowing no. about that. Yeah. So, so I, I then, when you said it, just went and checked the website to, to make sure. Nice. Uh, you chose a Rilo Kylie song once, but, but not me. Um, the Frug? No, it was uh, Better Son Daughter. Oh, wow. For uh, Night in the Woods. I'm so deep. But I'd like you to choose The Frug for something. I will. Yeah. Um, I like that. And so. That this song is off of the execution of all things, uh, which was kind of the first place that my mind went because it's got this great carnival sound in the background and sing songy child thing mm, that's very yeah. creepy because she's talking yeah. about uh, kind of her relationship with her father and a a lack of a childhood, right? Not a great relationship, and so it's it's kind of telling it as a, a horror story in a way. But the this particular song, first off, the the chorus is just. It's all of the good that won't come out of us and how eventually our hands will just turn to dust if we keep shaking them standing here on this frozen lake. And I love this song for a lot of reasons. One is just this idea that I have as well for myself of there's this good that won't come out of me, right? That mm. that I I want to be good. I want to do these things and it's in there somewhere. I just can't get it out. But also it's this this brilliant moment that's both, both post-apocalyptic and pre-calamity uh, where everything in the song feels like something horrific has happened and they exist in this world after something horrific and yet she describes it as standing on a frozen lake right so waiting for literally something even worse to happen um, which is kind of the feeling here you're thrown into this thing mm-hmm. totally. it's like you said childless suitcase it's bad you know spoiler alert it's not going to get better uh, right. the game is just going to get worse from there on out so this was just kind of a, an emotional connection to the game that way it's That's deep, James. Huh. Well done. Mm. <laughs> All right, Mark, you got anything? Uh, it's 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 your favorite song from childhood, but you can hear it in your kitchen when you're upstairs in bed at night, and it's been played too slow, man. Like the fucking vinyl is going too slow, and you get downstairs and there's nothing there. It's that kind of thing. It should be familiar and lovely, but it really isn't. It's good. I like I that. Like that. <laughs> one last, all the good that won't come out of me thing that I wanted to say, just because it's one of my favorite lines. The second verse is, I do this thing where I think I'm real sick, but I won't go to the doctor to find out about it. Because they make you stay real still mm-hmm. in a real small space as they chart up your insides and put them on display. And they'd see all of it, all of me, all of it, all of the good that won't come out of me. And I love that idea mm. of doctors yeah. actually seeing into me and being like, wait, no, no, you should be a better person. 
Like, no, it's on the chart. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, crap, no! <laughs> That's good. Oh, I love that. Good song. Yeah. Recommendation station. Anything else you've been watching, reading, listening to? New exercises, Jason? Yeah. <laughs> I know, Jason, you're not showing us the guns this week. What's yeah. going on? The, oh, oh, come on. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Let's see them. Uh, went back to, uh, to the workout, okay. took a week off, and uh, you got a little bit, <laughs> showed off the traps a little bit. LeChuck. Um, I got my LeChuck shirt. Um, that's yep. nice. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I took a week off. My joints were really hurting, so I so I thought, you know what? Maybe I'm pushing this too hard. Uh, and then I just went right back to it this week, and I'm I'm loving life again. Um, I think I talked about Paradise nice. Killer last time, a game that I absolutely loved. Did I talk about it last time? You know, I never remember anything, so yeah. you know. Okay, I don't listen to you. So um, maybe I didn't. Maybe I thought so much about Paradise Killer that I haven't actually. Told yeah, you that about. you just think you did. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I did I, Google I, it earlier. But... I have to listen to you twice because I have to edit it. So I don't think. No. You okay. Cool. Then, then I'm going to talk about Paradise Killer. <laughs> All right. Because I've also been playing Hades, but everybody's talking about Hades. They're right. It's a great game. Check it out. Uh, but Paradise Killer, uh, it came out like a week before Hades, so people stopped talking about it. But it's a great, great game. Uh, set up like a first-person shooter, no shooting. You just go around and uh, investigate a mystery. The plot is that there is this kind of alternate reality uh, set up alongside our reality where there is a syndicate of eternal human beings who have been given these gifts by some kind of Cthulhu-like elder gods. And they can perpetuate their society by stealing people from our realm into their own and then sacrificing them once every like century or so. To then okay. create a new perfect world. And the goal is that they're going to create utopia. And you play an investigator. And you've been banished from this world for a thousand years. And you're coming back. It's very unavowed so far, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not the vibe at all. And this is the okay. really weird thing is it feels like Miami Vice. What? It's all Vaporwave. <laughs> oh, it's, I love Vaporwave. It's awesome. Oh, dude, it's <laughs> so good. I'm in. And the world, you got me. the world just feels so good to exist in. And so oh, wow. there is a currency in the game that you can use to unlock new things. You could probably do pretty well in the mystery without ever needing it, but it'll give you hints and things. And mm-hmm. the way you get into those are often kind of uh, platformer puzzles, where it's like you can see the little icon up there, but how do I get there? Okay, I jump over here, and then I do this, and I do that. Oh, I got it. Okay, and then it gets mm-hmm. there. And basically, you're, you're told, like, um, the entire the, – the game starts with you in, in jail up above this utopia. And you've okay. been there for a thousand years overlooking this beautiful Miami Vice-style utopia that you can't experience. Nice. And then suddenly the door is open, and you get a phone call, and they say, we need you again. Uh, you've been banished there from there, uh, and you'll find out later about why you were banished there. And then you, you come down, and the entire council that runs this place has been murdered. Okay. And you've got to figure out who done it. And Ooh, I love this. As soon as you figure yeah. it out, you can at any moment, in fact, because the, the first thing I did was replay it and say, like, OK, how quickly can I just go back and run the trial? Because what you're told oh, is, like, whenever right. you figure it out, just come back and run the trial. Uh, we're pretty sure the, the guy who did it is this guy who's possessed by demons. And uh, we found him with blood uh, all over him and a bunch in his stomach. And it was the blood from all of the council members. So, you know, here you go. Open shut case. And you're like, well, clearly it's not him. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, it wouldn't be a video game. Yeah, that's too easy. So I solved the whole thing, figured it out. It's like a 15-ish hour game. Really fun. Loved it. And immediately started over. Go through the intro stuff, walk into the trial, and say, I'm, I'm just going to do the trial now. Um, yeah, the, the demon guy, he did it. 
And <laughs> to my surprise, the trial goes off. You're allowed to just say like, well, I, I feel like maybe you missed some stuff, but yeah, it does seem like the demon guy probably did it. You're probably right. And so I've unearthed the various, the conspiracies, the relationships. I know all these Ooh. things. And yet the game is just going to say like, yeah, all right, execute them. Cool. Cool. Wow. Uh, and you basically get the same ending, nice, nice, right? Nice. It, it doesn't okay. change. It just goes to credits. It's this. Because all of the meaning is created by the interactions you have with different people. Wow. Bold. And so th- yeah. it doesn't have to have alternate endings. Like, you yeah. know they're still alive. You know why they did what they did. And some of the, the things that the game sets up are the first time I got to the ending and you go to the trial, I'm trying to figure out, okay, I've solved the main part. And there's this one person who's tangential to it that I really want to get because he was involved and I don't like him. Mm. But he used my friends to do it. I don't think I can get him without getting them. But I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to do it in this subtle way. Mm. And I screwed it up. And I got my friends executed. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Oops. Immediately reload. Do the whole trial again. And be like, let's see how I can get through this trial again. And so using the same evidence, redoing the trial to try and figure out who can I bring in? Who can I leave out? What can I do? Really, really fun. So Fascinating. if you want it to be our next game, I'm okay with that. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think you talked about it last month. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you, Ben. I hate you so much. No. I I remember all that from before. I don't remember it. (laughs) I've never even heard of this. That was awesome. That's cool. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah, just, if you want to know if you you like it, for everyone listening, go watch a Let's Play of, like, the first ten minutes. Because you will know really quickly. You'll be like, this world seems fun. I just want to check this out and and be here. All right. That's cool. It reminds me of um, of Outer Wilds, like most things do. Um, but the idea that like you <laughs> spend 15 to 20 hours playing it and learning about the world and interacting with all these different characters. And once you figure out what you need to do to beat the game, you just, you could have done it from the very beginning. You have everything you need except for the awareness of the world, basically. And you beat it in 22 minutes or whatever it is. Um, I'm going to go cause I'm already talking Abzu. Like I said before, really fun, relaxing underwater game this month. Watchdog Legion and Cyberpunk 2077 are both coming out and I'm really excited for both. <laughs> and oh, yeah. we don't usually play a lot of, or at least we used to not play a lot of AAA titles. And the fact that they're coming out within two weeks means it's going to be a busy November. So I'm looking and very similar mm-hmm. aesthetics too. Uh, so I'm sure I'll get them confused as we talk about them next month. Uh, and uh, I'll say puzzles as a whole. Wait, maybe why, I, I I've a seen, puzzle. why is the bar called puzzles? <laughs> That's the puzzle. Oh. Uh, so I will say, I know like a lot of old people like us play puzzles, but with kids, it's really fun to like watch their brains like figure out for the first time. Like, yep. oh, this says like two straight sides. It's a corner piece. And like watch their little like minds mold and be like, this is a straight side. Is it the top of the bottom? So that's been really fun. Uh, just like a constant quarantine activity. Uh, and then uh, democracy, I would say something I'm really into recently voting. Uh, if you get a chance, do that. I heard that's cool. Interesting. Uh, who knows if it means anything? Because you might only get yeah. one more chance. So yeah, maybe do it. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I've been into recently. What about you guys? Excellent. Corey, Mark. Um, uh, I've been loving the Animal Crossing Halloween update. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't even opened it. Oh goodness! It's terrific. Corey. It's really terrific. I mean, a few of the seasonal events in on the island have been shit frankly i mean the, the debacle one. of the eggs <laughs> the eggs you know, during easter was just horrific it made the entire thing painful yep. but they've just got it spot on with the halloween update the color scheme is beautiful the palette is lovely they've got the beautiful autumnal kind of oranges nice. and browns everywhere um collecting candy off your off your 
uh, island pals. And I've Animal Crossing over over quarantine has been a kind of a surrogate for actual life. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's been somewhere else to yeah, go. Yeah. You know, you sit down, you go to the island. It's lovely. Um, but yes, they've they've really uh, hit the nail on the head with the Halloween update. It's a lot of fun. Nice. And then we invite the horror guy on here, and he's like, you know what I love? Animal Crossing. <laughs> Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Mo. Uh, Mark's wow. super soft uh, recommendations. That was great. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've loved Animal Crossing since the GameCube. Uh, it's I don't know. It 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 goes to a place that nothing else can can touch. It's it's this lovely kind of little walled off soft space in myself that only Animal Crossing has access to. It's great. Awesome. <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah, true story. Um, my recommendations are for one, if you didn't watch AOC's Twitch stream the other night, oh yeah, watch that Twitch stream. It is just it brought me so much joy. I have like watched every time uh, someone posts like a highlight mm-hmm. thing of it. I will watch that. It was just, I sat there, I was like working on stuff and I saw that it was on. I was like, yeah, normally on a Tuesday night, I do like geeks who drink trivia on Twitch. Um, and I was like, yeah, this week I'll, I'll watch this. And it was the greatest choice. It's just absolutely wonderful to watch uh and there's so many great moments and that one guy corpse who comes in there with the deep voice holy oh, smokes it uh weird things to your tummy and then when he's like uh aoc how was your day and she's like it was good like i know you kind of lose yourself in it a little bit um but yeah it was it was so fun to watch and ill omar's rig Oh my god! Did you see that? I yeah. I heard uh, the giant uh, beast cast cover it on their podcast yesterday. Oh really? And you know they're like the gamers, gamers like they're elite, and they're all like drooling over her rig and be like, so I mean, I guess off the top of my head, I'm saying like maybe like three grand for this thing. I mean, what? I guess must be nice. Like wow! Like they are just all about like that's, that's incredible. Because uh, wow. she she posted a, a picture and it's got like yeah. the the uh, the liquid cooled system with the lights going on what? inside of it and then she's like oh and here's the specs and then just goes through the graphics card and everything 32 gigs what did she play RAM. more than among us i'm hoping yeah yeah 32 gigs of ram that should be able to run among us i guess if you know yeah yeah maybe like an a player game. bit <laughs> you could run crisis yeah. Oh, yeah um yeah nice so watch yeah. that it's delightful. And also, uh, last night I watched a movie on Shudder uh, called The Monster Club from, I think it's 1981. Uh, Vincent Price, uh, he plays a vampire who um, goes and he, like, bites this guy on the street, but he doesn't, like, he doesn't kill him or turn him. He just takes just enough. And then he invites the guy to a monster club yeah. because it turns out he's, like, his favorite author. <laughs> Like, writes books about vampires. So they go to this monster club where there's, like, a monster punk band, and they um, have all these little vignettes, basically. So it's, like, he's trying to explain, like, monster culture to this guy. And so they have these, like, three or four little short vignettes 
in it uh, about different monsters. And it feels like stories around a campfire, like they're just right. You know, these uh, it's always got just like this little twist to it that's uh, kind of like horrifying. And uh, it's very lighthearted at the same time. And I just I was so in it. I mean, I watched it and I finished it and I was like, that was fun. That was fun. (laughs) I just I just had so much fun. Uh, So I if you're looking for that kind of lighthearted, fun Vincent Price, retro British Halloween-y thing, The Monster Club on Shudder, cannot recommend enough. There was a very specific point during that recommendation when I committed to watching it, and I think you can probably guess what it was. Punk band! Monster punk band! Was it the part where she said... Oh, yeah. I just can't imagine, like, Vincent Price and Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein, like, in exactly. the same scene. That's exactly the kind of image I'm going to reconcile. <laughs> but I'm excited for it. Gua, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Some sort of a bunch of misfits and Frankenstein. Let me, it's, it's, act, it's much more, like, it's really hard to describe, but it really is more like just like a club band that is playing in the, it's, it's delightful. I, oh, yeah, Vincent year, Price punk. said enough. I'm excited yeah, to see enough. what that is. This sounds great. All right, all right. I, I do want to get out that I, I watched um, uh, Cabin in the Woods, which oh, is oh. just one of my favorites. Like, I just it's love so that good. movie. Bravo. It's such a Thor before Thor. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's yeah. it's such a, a great tribute to horror films. Yeah, there's the yeah. the one shot, and if you've seen it, you know, with the kind of Rubik's cube setup of all the interlocking cubes, right, moving mm-hmm. around, spinning, but it zooms and out. zooming out, where it's just like that ten second shot to me is like an entire movie and you can tell the love that they had yep. for that shot mm-hmm. to just show mm-hmm. off so many different you know nods at horror history the stroke of genius they put a game in the film for crying yeah. out loud the notice yep. board you yeah. know what i mean they built yep. a little kind of tick them off kind of totally. game yep. of the movie i mean that's that's a masterwork in all these games what i do immediately and i don't even try to like do this but i'm like how can i break the game just like when i found the chain i'm like i'll just jump in the water to see if we can do that and you die immediately <laughs> so i'm like constantly trying to figure out like the borders like i do in life like where's the line that i can go right up to and i love that in the game or in that movie they have all these monsters and you slowly see all the mo- spoilers for a cabin in the woods uh <laughs> you see all the monsters and like they're right up against the glass and you keep getting these jump scares of the vampires and the zombies and whatever <laughs> and in my mind i'm like they they gotta let like one free right it's like one's gotta <laughs> escape to see like what happens yeah and the fact that they do the thing that i would do which is like <laughs> let them all go and see who wins out of all the horror monsters i love that yep. it's totally just like take it to the nth degree the, the furthest extreme and see what happens is amazing S- system purge yes oh my god yeah 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 also i think the best use of nine inch nails i can i can remember that crash at the end the the cut to black and then burn yes. that mint tune that comes in brilliant. So, yeah. excellent movie all right uh every month we try to highlight a black developer and uh this month is shella ramanan uh we'll link her info uh here in our in the show notes but she is a narrative designer at massive entertainment and an indie developer at Threefold Games and a co-host of Argue the Toss podcast, which I will be subscribing to. I haven't listened to yet. But recently, the thing you should go do other than following her is uh, she co-created, co-developed, and released a game called Before I Forget, which is available on Steam now. It's eight bucks. uh, And it's a walking simulator type game. It reminded me a lot from the trailer. It reminded me a lot of Gone Home, where you it's first person. You're just walking around a house. You wake up. And you are a woman suffering from early onset dementia. 
and the whole world mm-hmm. is black and white. And as you interact with things, you pick them up and you slowly remember things about the mm-hmm. story. And the, so it's very uh, like uh, Edith Finch in that way, where you're like discovering the world by looking at objects. And as you discover an object, the world starts turning to color. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, th- I think from what I read, again, I haven't played it yet, but it, it's about kind of, I don't know if there's a time crunch, but it's about kind of remembering things and discovering the whole house before you, like as you're forgetting things. So you want to do that before that kind of overtakes your brain. So it sounded really interesting. Really yeah. excited to check that out, but I'll, I'll be playing that this month and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll report back next month. Very cool. Both in the news. And then month in the news, a couple things. Well, actually a lot of things this month, but we'll just go through them quickly. Monkey Island's 30th anniversary. There's like a $160 amazing package of like pins and a little figurine that I can't justify buying, but I really want no. to because it would just sit here <laughs> ben, and I would never. Ben, there's like... two of them. There's also like a $130 one and they contain completely different things. God damn it. Get them both. It's only $290. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> like oh yeah no do it you gotta and but like there's like books that come along with them they're like interviews with the creators which again is like i'm sure 90 percent of stuff we already know that's the like uh was it you linked uh, is it is ron gilbert doing a, a q a somewhere is he doing a yes. live stream uh a week from today the 30th so the day this podcast comes out you should be able to find it beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll link to that too i think we already have uh our twitter has already mm. retweeted that but we will again the day it happens uh, and Grim Fandango, Day of the Tentacle, and Full Throttle are all coming to Game Pass, Microsoft. So what, I think that's PC and mm-hmm. Xbox. Uh, there's a new show on Disney Plus starring Willow. Yeah. A new Willow 40 years later. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I'm so excited. Man, I was obsessed with Willow I as a kid. Do you Willow. remember that you used to I hope to we get some in- more Mad Mart again. Say yes. it again. <laughs> you remember you used to be able to get in grocery stores uh, sticker books whenever a movie would come out? Certainly. Oh, oh yeah. And, yeah. and you have to like collect all the stickers and put them in the right places, and like you could buy oh, extra man. sticker packs for it. I had that of Willow. That's the only one I remember vividly. Oh, That's a delightful. But Willow. I remember so, so many good. moments of Willow just from those stickers and, and putting them in there. <laughs> uh, Gremlins was playing. I completed the Gremlins. I was going to say, you, oh, you, you told me you did a Gremlins one yes. because I also mm-hmm. have a vast collection of Gremlins cards, mm. trading cards. Oh, wow. But I, I never had a sticker book, and now I'm lamenting that. Oh, man. So, so Willow rewatch as a side quest. Oh yeah, I'd yes. be into that. I uh, saw it quite recently uh, with the kids. Nice, of course, yeah. sat down, put it on. Um, it, it, their attention wandered, but uh, my eyes didn't yeah. leave the screen. But they were like, "Eh, <laughs> uh, so good." They're lost. So good. Oh well. Uh, and then a new VR game, which I think Jason's the only one here that can play that. But it's I can't because it's Oculus. Actually, yeah. never mind. It's only Quest, uh, and mm-hmm. it's Star Wars: Tales from the Galaxy's Edge VR game. The trailer looked amazing. I'm not going to play it because I don't have a quest either, but I'll play it in like 10 years when the quest is 20 bucks or whatever. Uh, or someone gives you Jason when you're it'll on like be, quest It'll be four. one of the games yeah. on here. Yeah. When Jason gives me his old quest when he's on the next quest. Yeah, it'll be exactly. It'll be a month game in 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we had a side quest last week. We put it out uh, with Sean Thompson all about Star Wars squadrons. So just like self-promotion there this is a fun episode 30 minutes of just us talking about star wars squadrons i think our ultimate takeaway not that you shouldn't go listen to it because it's an amazing episode but our takeaway was like if you have vr crap abilities jump on it and if you don't Mm. maybe wait until it's cheaper because it's not amazing (laughs) but apparently and like vr just like being in an x-wing and a tie fighter in vr that in itself is worth 40 bucks probably um but yeah any other month in the news or i feel like we've been talking for a long time (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I, I think we're good to uh, choose okay. the next game. Z. Z. Yeah. So Jason and I will definitely be playing uh, Legion. Uh, sorry, Watchdog Legion and um, Cyberpunk 2077 a bunch this month. What else were we going to play? What did we say? Did we decide? We did, didn't we? I, the the thing that Jason was just talking about. Tell me the, the Paradise oh, Killer. The, are we playing Paradise Killer? I, I think you'll both enjoy it. Cool. I think I think it'll it'll be really fun. And in terms of lore, it's going to put uh, Little Nightmares to shame um, in just sheer oh, okay. amount. Wow. Right? Is it like, the, is it a sequel or is it a brand new thing? No. So it's all self contained, which is nice. Sweet. But it is yeah, it's kind of nice. It builds its lore from within, and it's never going to tell you. By the way, here is what happened. Right? right. So a lot of what I already told you, please forget. Please just be like, <laughs> oh, I already had. I kind of wasn't too worried about it. <laughs> My brand is strong. Yeah, I just waited for there to be a pause and then I could talk. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> um, you'll jump in and you'll be like, well, this doesn't sound like a J- game Jason told me about. I thought there was like human sacrifice or something. Right. And it, it'll take a while till you till you find this. This um, isn't a JRPG <laughs> from 1987. What's happening? <laughs> but it's Do I attack and dethrone God? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no. It is I, I think a game about class structures and about capitalism. Um at the end of hey, the day. Hey. Uh, which is kind okay. of cool and it and not too big of a jump. Like I think those are the conversations it's having. Sweet. Sweet. All right. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Someone else want to do the outro? I've been jinxed. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mark, thank you for joining you us. Respect the jinx. You you respect the jinx. I don't want to owe someone a coke. Just give her the coke, man. Just give her the coke. Uh, give me on. the coke. It's not that fine, hard. Fine. Thank all right, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. We will all follow you on the Jack of All Graves Twitter and not on Instagram. Yes. Uh, anything else you want to shout out, or where we can people can find you? Uh, and just that again, it's been an absolute privilege. Thank you very much indeed, folks. <laughs> very good to meet you both. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe this will be an annual Halloween crossover event. Mm, that would be awesome. All right. You can always find us. Uh, our website is menoflowmoralfiber.com, Corey. Uh, it's a real website with real information. I'm really excited to hear about this. <laughs> if you want to look at all the, the songs and drinks that we've chose before, they're all there. M- month in the news. <laughs> yeah. We have a website. It's pretty great. Uh, Twitter, you Instagram. Find, you should just write Facebook. like a... You've been trying to get me to write a bio for that website for like... <laughs> yep. A year and a half. You should just write one. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever it says you, is fine. It'll be great. Corey yeah. is a stupid and she doesn't look at this website. <laughs> Dummy stupid. Corey doesn't believe in websites. I'll never know. Uh, you can email us at m-o-l-m-m-p-o-d <laughs> at gmail.com uh, and check out our Patreon. We made a fun video there a couple years ago. Maybe we should update that at some point. Well, we've got a new host, so definitely. Uh, but thank you so much. Uh, shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We do appreciate you. You That basically pays for all of our, our hosting, oh, really our website nice. hosting, and our podcast hosting. So thank you for that. Uh, as always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. <laughs> there it is. It's like Jason pulled a me. I was making the realization that I hadn't chosen a quote. Oh no! Oh, I hate myself. And I am a mighty maw pirate. And then Jason's going to say something later. And I played a game without dialogue. There's no words in the game. <laughs> <laughs> the, my quote is: "Press Y to sprint." <laughs> <laughs>